Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Yesner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. Today, we're going to talk about the horror movie The Ritual, which I'm very excited to hear about, and the comedy <laughs> series Fisk. Yeah, these are tonally completely <laughs> opposite. So, Yeah, I feel like we are like half sliding in the spooky season, so we're starting mm-hmm. to watch scarier things, but then also, you know, comedy is always a good thing to fall back on. So. Yes. Yeah. So you watch this horror movie, The Ritual, which I'm, mm-hmm. I had seen on Netflix and I wasn't sure if it would be my thing. So I would like mm-hmm. to hear all about it, please. Yes. I think you would really like this a lot. Nice. Except for the fact that there's almost no women in the cast. That's going to be your... <laughs> your downfall but um but in terms of the storyline the spooky level like it is perfection it is it's got your your name written all over it awesome and it's more atmospheric and tense and emotional than it is graphically gory there are a couple of moments that are a little gory but they're closer toward the end and it's really not that bad so it's it's really up my alley too in terms of i don't want a super ton of blatant gore in my mm-hmm. horror i want it to right. be more allegorical tense etc and yeah. that is exactly what this is okay so my husband had seen this recommended because it's supposed to be something that can inspire some vasin settings we Ooh. both play the role-playing game vasin with my husband and some friends and stuff and um so it's got a little bit of that feel although it's set in present day if you want to hear more about that game, maybe we'll cover that in a subsequent pod. But Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So this is a British horror film from 2017. And these four friends take a hiking trip into the Swedish forest and encounter an ancient evil. It was directed by David Bruckner. And it's based on a novel by Adam Neville from 2011 of the same name. And I'm Mm. kind of like, I don't know if I want to maybe read the novel or at least (laughs) maybe check out some stuff by this author because I think it's really cool. So anyway, basically these five friends, Phil, Dom, Hutch, Luke, and Rob, and uh, I'll eventually talk about who plays who. It starts there at a pub. They are... Apparently, they go on like various holidays together, vacations that are a little bit more experiential than your average vacation. And they're all like suggesting more like going to the islands or going to somewhere else in Europe that's more, you know, resort esque <laughs> and less, <laughs> less crazy. And then Rob is like, why don't we go hiking in Sweden? And everybody's like, <laughs> let's not. Why would we? No. <laughs> but then Luke and Rob go to a bodega or a convenience store and it's getting robbed and rob is killed in the robbery oh my gosh and luke doesn't really do anything to help him oh geez or he's kind of paralyzed by fear and he's trying to hide and it's a point of contention then in the aftermath that the other friends have the perception even though they were not there Luke and Rob were the only ones in the store. They have the assumption that Luke chickened out and didn't really help, and he could have. And it and right. Luke has a lot of guilt, and it's very sad. So because Rob had the idea of to go hiking in Sweden and he gets killed, the remaining surviving friends decide to honor his memory by going on the trip that he would have planned. Mm. 
So they go along this thing called the Kungsleden, which is a hiking trail. And it's like, I'm looking it up right now. It's 290 miles long. I don't know that they were planning on going the whole thing, but okay. <laughs> they're, they're camping along the way and stuff and whatever. Yeah. So part of the thing is that they're going to get to a certain part on the trail and they leave like a little memory and they have like an impromptu memorial for Luke or for Rob and everybody's really sad and stuff. And then they're planning to get to this like lodge is like their, their goal. But Dom, who is probably the least physically adept of the guys, gets a really bad knee injury, and they've got to figure out how to get to the lodge in a little bit more uh, efficient way. And so, of course, they're like, okay, well, we could go the route we were gonna, which was which is out of the forest and clear and fine and well-traveled and marked and stuff. Or if we go through the forest we will get to the lodge a lot faster. So I just want to tell you and anyone listening, if these are your options, don't do that. Like, (laughs) stay on the trail. Never go off the trail. I think that, I mean, that's good advice all the time. Yes. Stay on the trail. Stay on the trail. Or, like, have a... See, the other option, there's four of them. Like... One person should have had a sat phone, a satellite phone, mm. and called for help at the lodge. Or two of them stay where they are, camp right there. The other two go ahead, take the longer route. That way, Dom is not a- left alone. He can recover. And two of them are going to the lodge to bring back help. Right. Those are the two logical things that you want to do. <laughs> of course, they don't because... It's a horror film. It's a horror film. So Hutch is kind of like the leader of the group. He's the most hiking adept. and he, it, But stupidly, he's the one who's like, yeah, it's will be fine and blah, blah, blah. And like Dom is also stupid. And he's like, well, okay, <laughs> sure. Phil is just sort of there. He doesn't really, I don't know, contribute much to the dialogue. But You're not making it sound like you actually enjoyed this so far. I did. No, no, no. No, it's just like... Well, and of course, like, you know, in hindsight and sitting at home, you're mm-hmm. like, don't do it. And also, right, if they right. did the smart thing, there wouldn't be any movie. <laughs> and plus, you know, they're grieving, they're stressed, they're tired. They're also, even the more fit guys are not used to hiking this much. So they're right. probably like, oh, let's just get to the thing. So <laughs> they don't leave anybody behind and they go through the forest. And of course, they start finding weird stuff they find animals sort of hanging from trees and symbols in the trees and bad weather and then they find an abandoned cabin which again don't do this (laughs) don't do this especially if you find an abandoned cabin you go inside and there's weird stuff inside yeah like an effigy of a human like just don't just don't it's like bad (laughs) so i don't want to get too too much deeper into the storyline because it's going to start to spoil things but there is a lot about guilt there's a lot about grief there's a lot about friendship there's a lot about also like some like allegories of masculinity like what is expected of people if you are supposed to be a brave guy and like what does that mean what does it mean to have deep-seated anxieties and again guilt and stuff and there's a lot about Swedish folklore that's kind of like deep that you sort of almost have to look up later it's 
there's there's a if you like Lovecraft, there's an element that seems kind of like that, but it's not technically. If you like different weird European folklore, there's definitely stuff there. If you like this idea of like you know small cast, small space survival, there's stuff like that. The the meeting of modernity and sort of more primitive societies, there's stuff like that. It's yeah, it's it very sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's really, really rich. And I think it was done on a relatively low budget. They filmed it in Romania, not in Sweden. Okay. The music is really good. It's beautifully shot. It's very well reviewed. And so some performance notes. Uh Rafe Spall plays Luke. He is uh he's the son of Timothy? Yeah. And he was, he played George Emerson in the lesser good version of A Room with a View. He's, he's very good. And he does, he's very quiet. He does sort of quiet desperation really well. Mm. Phil is played by Arshur Ali, which he's, I don't know, his character was not defined well enough for me. Okay. Hutch is played by Robert James Collier, who plays Thomas Barrow in Down Abbey. Ooh. And, it's nice to see him in a non-period piece. It, I almost didn't recognize him. He's very, very good. And then Dom is played by Sam Trotton. And he is he does a good job of being really annoying, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very up your alley, truly. Okay. It's tense. It's got a lot of depth and layers. And it's very quiet. There's, it's sort of this quiet horror. And I really like folk horror, stuff like The Witch, which we've talked about before. You know, it's just, it's got that feel to it. And yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I don't even have any like complaints about it. It was pretty, not perfect, but you know, very, very well done for being this very small film. And it is still streaming on Netflix. Yeah, I'm, I okay. dug it quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, well, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, that does sound up my alley, mm-hmm. and I'll probably watch it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. Turn all the lights off. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Watch it super, super late at night. <laughs> but we may cover this other film in a later podcast. But I had I watched this right after watching Happiness for Beginners, which is a rom com about hiking, and so it was just like on my mind that I was like, wait, they trained the hikers in the other movie to not do and they're just like failing at every every piece of advice (laughs) so i think they could have made them i guess maybe that is my only thing they could have made them make better decisions and still have things mess up right because it did make them look pretty stupid even though these are like 40 something not stupid people making these choices so i just think that in real in real life I would hope that people would make better choices <laughs> when things start to go poorly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And honestly, I went on like a six mile hike yesterday and I'm really yeah. glad I hadn't watched this movie beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm obviously still here. So I made at least <laughs> okay decisions. <laughs> you did. You did. When I go into the woods, either to run or hike, if I go by myself, I am very explicit about telling my husband exactly where I'm starting, where I'm ending up, where I'm, how long I'm going to be, like everything and leaving my phone on and making sure that I'm not going somewhere where I don't have a signal. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm super paranoid about that. That's good. But yeah. Yeah. I made sure <laughs> people knew where I was going, although I wasn't mm-hmm. like, this is the exact trail. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was also very overprepared because I was, really well, the day before was really hot. Mm-hmm. So I brought like a lot of water, some Gatorade and like a lot mm-hmm. of snacks too. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, what if I, I don't do super well in heat. So I was worried that I would get not heat stroke, but you know, yeah. Well, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> heat, heat exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dehydration. Yeah. Yeah. So I like had this big backpack and all these other people were just like, <laughs> had nothing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I know I'm overprepared, but just mm-hmm. in case. <laughs> just in case. You never yeah. know. So, But I have stupidly gone like places in Hocking Hills without as much prep as I should have. So now I'm very like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know. You don't want to get caught unawares by the ancient evil, so just, exactly. just yeah. be better. <laughs> At the very least, you'll have, like, a protein bar to offer them, <laughs> to offer the ancient evil. Please, please <laughs> don't eat me. Go. Yeah. <laughs> please, don't, please eat this power bar instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we both watch something very we're gonna have a bad segue here. So yeah, yeah instead of, you know, risking your life in the Swedish <laughs> woods, we both watched an Australian sitcom called Fisk. And you watched it more recently than me. So I know you were very disappointed and you're like, Oh, there was only six episodes. Where's the rest of it? Yeah, I should have realized because it's an Australian show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like Australian and British shows only have six episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you recommended it. I have an issue with Netflix mm. <laughs> because like, you know how you hover over something to learn more about it? Mm-hmm. And it just shows you like a random scene from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I don't, this doesn't tell me anything about what it's, what it's about. Mm-hmm. So you were recommending this and I like, I hovered over and watched the scene and mm-hmm. the main character is sort of really dismissive. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And mm-hmm. then I started it and it's only six episodes. And by, ep- by episode two, I was really enjoying it. And mm-hmm. then the episodes ran out and I was like, what? Where? Where? I, I need more, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a comedy about Helen Tudor Fisk, played by Kitty Flanagan. And she is a lawyer who, her life sort of implodes in Sydney. Her marriage falls apart because her her husband leaves her for an, an older woman, <laughs> <laughs> which is something you don't see all too often, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she also gets fired from her job. So she comes to Melbourne, which is where she's from and her family lives here. And has to get a new job, and she ends up in this small firm, Gruber and Gruber, which does like wills and estate law, like all that stuff that happens after someone dies. There's a word for it, but I Pro- I'm not probate. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so like she doesn't super have experience in that, but. Mm-hmm. She is a pretty competent lawyer, and she's able to sort of pick it up pretty quickly. But every everyone in the office is just, like, really weird. Yes. <laughs> and it's all very silly. So Gruber and Gruber is actually a pair of siblings. There's Ray Gruber, played by Marty Sheargold, and he's, like, the main lawyer. 
And then there's Roz Gruber, played by Julia Zemiro, who <laughs> who is hanging around the office, but she can't practice law right now because she's been suspended. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they told they tell you why, do you? No. Do they? Yeah. No, they don't. They they everybody's like, oh, she's been struck off, and she's like suspended. Like she, like she's gonna get it back, but she so she has given herself this job of office manager, like, but she's still very like oh so controlling of mm-hmm. everything, like like ridiculously so. Yeah, she's sort of the hardest to like, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's George, who is my absolute favorite. <laughs> He's. <laughs> He's the receptionist. He's played by Aaron Chen. Mm-hmm. But in the first episode, he, he keeps calling himself the webmaster. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, no, you're the receptionist. <laughs> and he's just very silly. I don't know. It's hard to describe. They're all just very silly. Yeah. And weird stuff happens. And you're just like, this would not happen in a, like a large corporate lawyer setting. It could only mm-hmm. happen in a tiny, small well, Melbourne's not a small town, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, something very that feels very small, and you're you know all the people. Mm-hmm. So there's not, I mean, there's not much of a plot. She gets a new case every episode, mm-hmm. and like weird office stuff happens, and she has family drama. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about maybe her family life a little bit? Yeah, it seems like she, well, also early on, she's just moved into an Airbnb because she doesn't have a place yet. And her Airbnb, like, hostess is this older woman who doesn't speak English. And there's a lot of conflict because the woman keeps coming into her flat and, and like, feeding her dog without her (laughs) permission and all this. And so there's some silliness there. And also, Helen is very, like, grumpy and and, uh, not very personable. But she loves her dog. She's got this great yeah. dog. I can't remember her dog's name, but she's very sweet Artie. to the dog. Artie. And uh, loves him and spoils him. And I feel like she would much rather deal with animals than people. Yeah. <laughs> but also she has this quality where when people criticize her demeanor or affect or whatever, she will then course correct and try hard to meet their expectations. But she usually does it in a way that is... Like, sort of malicious compliance, but also sort of like, she really is sort of trying. So I don't yeah. know if she just is kind of, she has trouble with people. Yeah, I think she just doesn't understand their expectations all that much. Like, yeah. Like, in the first episode, she's wearing this brown suit to the office of the job recruiter person. Mm-hmm. And the recruiter is like, oh, when you go to interview, you should, like, pop pop up your wardrobe, like wear more color because right now you're blending into the chair basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when she goes to the <laughs> when she goes to the interview for Gruber and Gruber, she wears like this bright yellow suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like in an early 90s video game like a, like a car, like a driving video game where you <laughs> turn left and you're going off the road so you turn right but you turn too hard and you're just like (laughs) like you can't you can't get the middle of the road you're just on the opposite ends all the time that is a great analogy yeah that is exactly (laughs) what she's doing but all but like the gruber siblings are weird and the the clients are weird Mm -hmm. and she does end up coming off as the sane one reacting to all these weird 
cases and people. So even though she's awkward, she also feels very much like the audience insert. Like, I don't know that I would behave much differently in this situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But her home life, she, her dad is widowed and has sudden, a very abruptly married this male friend of his. So she's a little spun by that. And then she eventually moves in with her aunt and uncle, who are very silly. And yet, I feel like that's a really good living situation for her. Like, they're kind and nurturing, and yeah. but they're quirky and, and odd. But I would say that this show is sort of in the realm of cringe comedy. It reminds me of The Office a lot, but it or, or Parks and Rec or something. But it's not as cringy as The Office can be right. sometimes. Yeah. It's gentle and it gets into by the end of this the first season it gets into a really nice rhythm of being like people seem to actually care about each other and are are kind to each other exactly yeah yeah and i think i would say too like a lot of times when we think about cringe comedy or um like even in the office like people aren't necessarily good at their jobs and they don't sometimes they feel like they don't really like each other that much mm-hmm. but it's clear that Helen and the office people all become sort of like this weird family and it's also Mm -hmm. clear that Helen cares about her job like yeah she's Mm -hmm. dealing with weird stuff and sometimes you know (laughs) sometimes she course corrects and Roz told her to dress better so she's wearing her old pants that are too tight and she's kind of preoccupied with that over her client but like at the end of the day she really does try to get the best for her clients. And uh-huh. I think it's clear that even though she's an awkward person, she cares about other people, which is yes. something you don't always see in cringe comedy, I think. Yes. Agreed. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. And it's also not like, I feel like her one sort of quasi nemesis is Roz, but Roz is in a position of being insecure about her own career. So she sees Helen as a little bit of a threat and is nervous about her. And then Roz is sort of held up as if she has it all together with socializing with people and being quote unquote normal. And yet she's got that weird hairdo. (laughs) Roz's hair is like, if you look up a picture of Julia Zamiro in regular life, her hair is completely normal and really cute. (laughs) And she wear her, Roz has this like, bouffant thing that has never really been in fashion and it's bizarre and it makes her look really old and strange (laughs) so anyway so it's like the people who hold expectations for helen to change her social behavior are themselves not great at stuff you know and like george is super like deadpan (laughs) and expressionless and awkward and uh ray keeps like running out and avoiding meetings all the time so yeah It's like a weird, I don't really get him. But yeah, so everybody is awkward. And yeah, it's just, it's just so cute and light. And like, I just stumbled on it. And it was a really nice discovery for the late summer TV viewing. Good. Yeah, it was a good wreck for me. Yeah. Like I actually, I was actually laughing out loud in probably the second half of the season. Once I got used to everything. And that was really refreshing for me because I haven't been watching a lot of comedy outside of like bob's burgers (laughs) but i i know it's kind of not cool to explain jokes but i do want to i do want (laughs) to shout out my favorite joke in the in the series which is okay when okay so they hire helen and they don't have 
room for her. So they put her (laughs) in this old closet. Mm -hmm. And George, like, is so sweet and tries to really make the (laughs) – and it's a big closet. But it's also just, like, empty. Mm -hmm. So he tries to be very sweet and, like, make it feel like home. And he builds Mm -hmm. her a desk and he builds it wrong. And it's just like (laughs) – and he gets her like a beanbag chair and he's like this is the most comfy chair and she's like are my clients gonna sit in the beanbag (laughs) but my favorite joke is like let's get you an inspirational poster what kind of stuff do you like you can get like custom ones and she just starts listing off things that she likes Mm -hmm. but it's like soup (laughs) tea butterscotch Yeah, but like it's all weird stuff, mm-hmm. and then he gets her a poster with all that stuff on it. <laughs> it's just on her wall, and mm-hmm. people think it's a menu. Yes, yes. It's, I don't know. It's so silly, but because <laughs> it they carried it through multiple episodes, it just it makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They have a lot of really funny callbacks and stuff. Her fight with the coffee house owner downstairs, <laughs> like that keeps a running thread. Yeah. Yeah. And her early on battle with the Airbnb host. Yeah, it does a good job of these subtle little like running gags that are just really good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I just love it. I want I want more. Netflix yes. gets there is a season two that aired in Australia. And in fact that finished airing in Australia November of twenty two. So I'm hoping that maybe November of twenty three they'll get season two here. I don't know. That's my hope. That would be great. They're going to need to get more foreign shows because of the ongoing writing and acting strikes. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, But this is a good one, so I do hope they give us season two very soon. Yes, I hope so too. Awesome. So you can find actually both The Ritual and Fisk on Netflix. Next time, we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to join us soon. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pop.